Hello, everyone. Episode 45 is part two of the previous Manosphere episode, so make sure you've heard that one first. I'll link it in the show notes. Now here's part two. Make sure that uh, that program doesn't contain controversial subjects and uh, you're not impolite to people. No, definitely not, Dad. You know me. I'm never, (laughs) ever controversial or impolite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Welcome to Conversations with your lovable, never pisses anyone off, ex-Muslim host, Ina. Keeping it non-controversial. While smuggling in some good old-fashioned sexism, I imagine. Um, Exactly, yeah. But, but yeah, it's... This stuff is disturbing. The first time I came across this pickup artistry scene was because there was an ex-Muslim guy that I followed on Twitter who would always tweet to this really disgusting pickup artist guy and like say, oh, your tips are great. And, and just the stuff that, uh, you know, saw how Twitter shows you when someone is responding to someone and you're not even following that person, but now you get to see their whole conversation. I don't know why Twitter does that, but I saw that he was like, preaching something about how you can tell women when they're like ovulating and that's when they're easier because their body is, I don't know, looking to reproduce. So that's the time to really hit them up. And it was just so disgusting to me that these people are going around trying to sense which women out there are ovulating so that they can have well, sex with them more easily. That's almost comical by comparison to some of the things. I mean, uh, to mention Julian Blanc again. His thing about um, he's got several tips about how to physically control a woman in terms of the movements around a room as well. <gasps> like if a woman if a woman just says, "Oh, I'm just going to go and talk to my friend over there," no, you pull them by the arm and you lead them here. And if she tries to leave, you because oh no, it's just around the corner. My hotel room's just around the corner, and you <gasps> essentially try and physically coerce a woman. Th- this is the beginnings of of, of rape. That's what's happening. Yeah, yeah, that's like Cernovich. He had that blog yeah, exactly. toast. When in doubt, whip it out. Saying exactly. that, yeah, um, exactly, he just started, yeah. yeah, he just started like like his tip was to to basically just whip out your dick and start masturbating on women. Yeah, until they give in and say, okay, fine, you know, like just let this be over with. Do what you need to. And well, this is another actually, wonderful, wonderful, respected guest of Dave Rubin's, yes, um, who when also- I think. Daily Beast tweeted out that Fox News booked Cernovich, who is a rape apologist, and they had a whole article listing examples of how he's a rape apologist. Dave Rubin tweeted, you know, ha ha, like rattling cages, like as if it's just some like poking the SJWs who are way too sensitive about rape kind of thing. It just... Yeah, exactly. I mean, again, Cernovich is another man who really ought to be in prison if the things he said in his tweets are true. He's a rapist. Yeah. There's no doubt about that in my mind. Um, again, that's assuming anything he ever says is true. But if it if it were, then he's he's definitely um, a, a rapist. Um, and there are various people like that who Dave, not just Dave Rubin, um, but it's it goes beyond that because I mean the thing you mentioned about just letting it happen that actually has the legal ramification of arguments that are made in court specifically about lack of resistance. But that, um, women who are terrified will yeah, stop exactly, resisting yeah. at some point. But exactly. yeah, you're if right. You have, if you have like um, uh, the a situation where the woman fears for her life she'll yeah. just lie there and allow the situation to play out and then yeah. wait for the person to leave 
that's not the act of resistance isn't necessary as far as I'm concerned, but in certain legal jurisdictions, it's seen as, oh, it's, well, that was consensual then. That's so, so it's, sad. Even, so, so forcing that kind of situation where it becomes normal for women to just accept that in and of itself isn't just creepy in that individual instance, but has much larger legal ramifications for people who aren't just, or I say aren't just, it's not just a matter of situations where you whip your dick out, which is bad enough in of itself, but of actual full-on rape as well yeah because people have a, a people have a fight or flight response and sometimes they just freeze yeah yeah exactly yeah i just want to point out that this is also used um when it's male rape victims because they say yeah. oh well, well why can't like oh, men can't be raped they're stronger than women yeah so it's not that simple it's legitimately not that and, simple yeah yeah exactly and and the situation people use this with donald trump didn't they they said you know, when they said he'd grab the pussy, he said they let them do it. Yeah. Well, yeah, because you know that Donald Trump is powerful and rich and yeah. has the lawyers to definitely get out of any situation, basically. I mean, yeah, exactly. He could, look he, at, he look could at almost how... do that thing. He could almost do that thing he bragged about, about shooting someone dead in yeah. Fifth Avenue and get away with it because he's got the most expensive lawyers in the world. No one, you're not going to take him down. So essentially, you just allow it to happen and try and get on with your life as best you can after. Yeah, I, I, That's I'm not saying exactly, that that was yeah, consensual. Yeah, we're yeah. seeing exactly that happen right now with the Stormy Daniels situation. Um, yeah. This this porn star that that he had sex with at some point, uh, and and she's come out about it and said, yes, Donald Trump did do this, and and she's allegedly even being threatened. Yeah. So, I mean, it goes right to the top, right? Talk about mainstreamizing this shit. If New well, York Times is writing articles that sanitize what the problem is with incels and the president is talking about forcefully grabbing pussies, then there's a, there's a serious systemic issue here. Well, exactly. Yeah. If, the, if the most powerful human being on the planet is a man that we know has engaged in, uh, well, I, I'm, I'm going to happy to say this, and he can sue me if he wants to. He's, I think he's a fucking rapist, and it seems pretty damn likely that he's been involved in all kinds of domestic abuse as well. Uh, throughout his past marriages uh, that goes in with racism as well because he was twice sued by the federal government for uh, racist leasing practices in his buildings if all of that could be wrapped up in the most powerful man in the world your average incel is emboldened by that enormously because they're not this isn't just some little group on the internet anymore this is mainstreamed bigotry yeah tens of millions of people voted for a man knowing all of this about him yeah it's it's appalling it is so appalling to me. We are in some very strange times. But are there any other of these Manosphere groups that we haven't touched? We've touched the pickup artists, the PUAs. We've touched the men going their own way. I don't want to use touched. I guess that's disgusting. We've um, <laughs> no, no, one, no one's touched them in years, yeah. We've uh, discussed MGTOWs, yeah, as I was saying. We've discussed incels. There's also vol cells, right? Oh, voluntary celibates. I, 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 like, whenever I hear that, it just... I, I don't think I've ever heard that seriously. Okay. Yeah, it's... it's Essentially, it's, it's... There are people who are MGTOW who are essentially voluntary celibate, but I don't think anyone's ever described themselves that way. Okay. It's just... Essentially, it's people who've just checked out the dating game again, isn't it? I, I, I've heard people do it ironically, but never seriously yeah, exactly yeah. Mm-hmm. well in the same way that people use sjw to describe themselves yeah. ironically but no one actually is an sjw in that sense yeah except for some tumblr types but well yeah uh, yeah you get you get some you, there's all that's the thing with the iron law of the internet is there's always some small subset of idiots who actually do break whatever yeah. rule you have <laughs> yeah. yeah 
But what else? There's the red pillars, right? I heard Roosh V talking about this in your episode where he was upset that the red pillars were turning on him and he's starting a new movement called neo-masculinity, which won't have room for any homosexuals who like butt sex. Well, exactly. But that was a weird way of taking that discussion. Anyway, yeah, um, that's essentially the, the red pill, as it were, or the red pillars. Because um, you got to bear in mind, I made that video. That was about three years ago. Now, mm. So things have progressed since then. Um, but the red pill is a kind of overarching way of describing all of these things, in mm. essence. And it comes from the Matrix, yeah, by the they, way, they which is use, the uh, yeah, it, it's a Matrix. Loads and loads and loads of different groups use it for different reasons. Yeah. Um, yeah, it comes. Yeah, obviously, it comes from the Matrix. It's a kind taking of taking the red pill to take uh, to um, uh, to to learn this new truth that no one else understands. Which is odd, considering they all believe completely different and contradictory things, but they all think they know the truth. Maybe they're all wrong. <laughs> like the Nazis use it too, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then oh, well, what that's, is... Actually, another thing we haven't mentioned is the black pillars as well, which is um, it can be used in two different ways. There's either the, That can refer to the nihilism of knowing about you know female nature and all of this stuff, but it can also have the racial connotation of black pilling someone basically when someone accept when you've proven to someone and they then accept the inevitability of the coming race war oh my so gosh that's, that's another thing as well yeah and like i say oh. this isn't just this isn't just like a, an amorphous blob on the internet there's a funnel from one yeah. end from the, the lesser extreme end to the like i say these people who are genuinely calling for race war people like chris cantwell who like i say was being interviewed very softball by karen Strand, who's being very softball interviewed by Dave Rubin. There's a funnel yeah. so, less extreme to more and more and more extreme. So Chris Cantwell is the guy who was in that Vice documentary about Charlottesville, right? Who yes. um, got yeah. kicked off of uh, OK Cupid, I believe, the dating service. Yes, he was indeed, yeah. So there's a prominent atheist uh, podcast, um who did a half-hour rant about how unfair it is. Maybe it was 25, 20-something minutes, I don't know. Some Twitter pedant is going to come and complain to me that I didn't get the time right, so... Yeah, it's 26 minutes and 14 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> so therefore, your whole point is invalid. But yeah, so yeah. he did a rant about how unfair and how his leftist group think that Chris Cantwell was not allowed to remain on the dating site. This man who was talking about violence in this like this big documentary after a murder has happened, and he said, be prepared for more violence. Why would any company want to subject their uh, pool of daters to this man? It makes perfect sense that he was removed. But no, 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 this prominent free speech, definitely not right-wing atheist, was so offended that leftists who? couldn't even who I, I don't want to say his name, but <laughs> what does what does it rhyme with? What 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 was his name rhyme with? <laughs> but anyway, so he was really upset that you know a guy should have a right to be an asshole and date. You know, it just well yeah. But if you're going to be violent, I mean, did you see the amount of guns he took to Charlottesville? I just I don't like, understand. He's, he's clearly a dangerous person. Why would you like you say? Why would you want to expose? These uh, unwitting, unknowing people to this fucking monster. Yeah, he, yeah. Well, the, the problem is he's probably like legitimately 
putting people in danger by simply um, being around them. So it, it would make sense not not to allow him around. Right. Never mind bad for business, right? They're going to do what's best, best for their business. I just don't understand what level of hatred you must have to have for the left that even in this, it's not the Nazis' fault. It's the leftist groupthink. I just, I don't know what's yeah. happening here. The priorities are so out of whack that... Well, it's it's just utter tribalism. There's nothing more or less about but it. But what are they there's tribal no, about? No, no, who are, who are they tribal with the Nazi? That's their tribe. No. Well, well essentially, yeah. As David mentioned earlier, the, it's the uniting of the whole right. It's the. But they don't even admit to being right wingers. They it's claim the, the, they are leftists repeatedly. Well, yeah, well, well, yeah, exactly. Well, Sargon McCann claims to be a leftist and then spews all right <laughs> exactly. bullshit. This, exactly. this, it's, it's a constant tactic. Dave Rubin doesn't say, oh, I was of the left. I'm a liberal. I'm a classical yeah. liberal. No, you're the fucking The last nut, liberal. Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, I just shut the fuck up, Rubin, you prick. Anyway, so <laughs> I, the far right anchored themselves to the more moderate kind of conservative type people. And now they see themselves as just a kind of a, 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 a much larger block who are just anti-SJW. They're just anti-left. Yeah. They define themselves in these ways. And by doing, by parroting much of the same line, they make weird alliances with people who really shouldn't be Nazis. Yeah. They don't stand for those kind of Nazi you know, principles, but they're essentially helping the Nazis organize for their ethnostate. Useful idiots. Yeah, absolutely. Well, like, as I mentioned earlier, it's, it's a quote worth remembering. Uh, when Richard Spence described these people as good entry points to the alt right, and they are, it's a funnel. They're I, channeling yeah, I, I people that way. Yeah. So there's also another component, like there's the racism, there's the uh, misogyny that are always tied in together, but then there's also this weird, like fat shaming theme that kept coming up. You know, so when Heather Hare was killed after Charlottesville, Daily Stormer published an article titled, you know, Heather Hare, a woman killed in road rage incident was a fat, childless 32-year-old slut. And Sargon parroted that uh, line that she didn't die uh, of being hit by the car. She died of a heart attack, I think, like because she's fat or something yeah. like that. Yeah, exactly. Well, that was in that was in the hangout with Millennial Woes, the not the Scottish Nazi we referred to earlier. Yeah, yeah. He parroted the exact yeah. lie. Um, the funny thing was was that um, Sargon was so defensive of Millennial Woes that he he was adamant that Woes would um, he would actually change his position on the Heather Heyer um, myth if he was presented with the evidence but Woes commented in the converse, uh, in the in the comment section so he clearly had seen the video and well there wasn't any clarification there wasn't any uh yeah any I, well I know, I know for a fact that yeah it isn't true that he would change his position because I linked both Sargon and millennial woes to the official coroner's report which was blunt force trauma to the chest she was she was killed by the car yeah. I can't believe this is even a debate. Like, yeah, yeah, it's such a disgusting. Well, 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 this is the problem: is that this these internet um, these internet edge lords think they know better than the experts. Well, you see, you see these people who clearly haven't done any research, and they'll just say, "Oh, well, this this bit of research is oh, this is just the leftist." Yeah, and, and they have so an much influence. Spent, yeah, an academic who spent their entire lives studying the thing. Like, I, I was recently involved in a kind of weird Holocaust denial bit of drama on the internet. Uh, and I kept on having to say to these people, the, num the six million figure for the number of Jews that were killed in the Holocaust 
wasn't just plucked out of the air. They, they act as if because you can't give a specific number, that therefore, well, any number, you, you can say 4 million or 3 million or 2 million or whatever, um, but it, that, that doesn't just come out of the clear blue sky. You on the internet, some prick, plucking numbers out of the air is not the same as someone who's spent their entire lives studying this mm-hmm. and come to a considered position of roughly, let's say, 5.7 million or something. That's that's worth considering. You saying, well, they, you can't give me a specific number, therefore anything goes, is absurd. Yeah, I mean, it's like they're looking for ways to deny, right? And then they claim that they are not hateful. They claim they're not Holocaust deniers. They claim that they are not Nazis. They claim they're, you know, on the more moderate level, they claim they're not right-wingers. Well, they, brilliantly, they claim they're not Nazis, but yet they use the number 1488 as their thing. That the eight eight is H H behind. Yeah, that's literally what that is. You can't. I mean, you, to deny you're being a Nazi when you're literally hailing Hitler. Fuck off. Like, right. That's just. That's yeah, yeah. Um, there's there's one um alt writer um who does that. Uh, Braving Ruin. His original username was Mobius two eighty eight. So, um, <laughs> given that this is also a guy who said you know, he found Mein Kampf inspiring, God. and um. And sympathised with the Nazis and admired some aspects of Hitler. The thing is, I, I obviously, um, but, obviously but he's, being, he's not a Nazi. Being, being inspired by Mein Kampf is disgusting on any number of levels, but especially literal in in terms of the uh, literature, because that is a terrible book. That is a really is. boring, poorly written sh- load of old shit. Even if you're going to be a Nazi, at least read well written Nazi literature. Jesus Christ, some people. <laughs> is there any? Well, maybe we, maybe David. That's how we can make our millions. We we found a, <laughs> a we found a, a corner of the market. We can fucking you can do the Nazi yeah. book club. Yeah, do, do like write write uh, Nazi literature well. <laughs> Sorry and, and for a second there. I apologise, Ina, but I I misheard what you said. I thought you said Nazi butt plug for a second. <laughs> 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 and I had to I had to think through and think. No, she. She definitely didn't say Nazi butt plug. No. That's, I mean, I wish you had, because that would have been hilarious, but <laughs> Nazi book club works too. Nazi book club, that can be your grift, right? Like, But the, pro- the problem is, I've never understood quite how that would work, because most Nazis I've read don't, I can't read past a, you know, a 10-year-old's level, most of them. You can invite um, them, Faith Goldie to your Nazi book club, because she has been openly admiring some... Uh, fascist mm. genocidal books and if you point that out on twitter people will come in droves to say that doesn't mean that she agrees with the book oh okay. well, I, I, this, this similar thing i got um quite a while ago because i, I pointed out someone had while, while they were pretending to be a sort of um classical liberal anti-social <laughs> justice type in our community classical liberal. Um, uh, at the same time he had been liking um, like extremely anti-Semitic videos on his YouTube channel, and one of them was a ten-hour reading of the Turner Diaries, which is it, it follows the um, it, it follows this dystopian um, fiction of of like the white nationalist's worst nightmare of of like uh, of, of black people running around stealing people's guns, and it follows this white nationalist terrorist group that goes from murdering random black people to um to to literally committing a genocide and this is supported by the book these are presented as the heroes and and the response 
Uh, this is honestly the response I got from one of the, the, the defenders on Twitter was he, maybe he just thought it was it was well written. It was just the, the story arc. You really enjoyed some of the through lines and the subplots. It was re- it was really well written. The characters were really fleshed out nicely. No, it's fucking Nazi genocide porn, you fucking idiot. <laughs> I mean, what? that's not even true. I've I've read the, I've I've listened to that ten hour recording of the Turner Diaries. It's it's a badly written book. It's horribly <laughs> written. I'm telling you, Dave, that's a corner of the market. We can do it. We can write really well first fucking... We can become the Shakespeare's of Nazism. Let's do it. You'll raise £100,000 very quickly, especially if, if someone tries to silence you. Exactly, yeah. yeah. That can well, be I'm arranged. Doing... You can my, arrange my friend... for someone to silence you and then start friend... a GoFundMe. My friend Michael Rowland has a fantastic um, bit of shtick that he always does with Dave Rubin. Um, on Twitter, whenever someone posts something mean under his comment, he screenshots it and then sends it to Dave Rubin with, have me on your show there, try to silence me. Um, and he does it about 20 times a day. It's a lot of fun. He hasn't been blocked yet? Say, well, if Dave Rubin ever actually notices, I'm sure he will block him because, you know, he's not remotely interested in actual discourse at all. At um, all. As we can see, actually, did you see uh, the, the uh, to change the subject, I suppose, Dave Rubin's thing at the University of New Hampshire a couple of days ago? I did not. Was no, his stand-up. Well, it, well, no, he was supposed to be doing. He was invited by Turning Point USA, which shows you how oh. liberal he is. Those oh. people um, that that wore literal diapers to own the libs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yes, yeah. The Charlie Kirk, the living meme, is the, the leader of this group. Of, I mean, they are the ultimate lolcos. They're ridiculous. Uh, he was invited by them to speak at the University of New Hampshire. In, obviously in America and um, there was some as, as there usually is there was some protests and kerfuffles and stuff but there was also he tried to shut down um, anyone who would speak at the actual microphone that was against him because he just said oh, you're oh one yeah I've heard him doing this talk. before this guy also yeah. posted on Reddit that he was silenced by Dave like because he was remo- like I think his question was removed from the uh, video clip that was posted on the internet after a while because he thoroughly I don't know he thoroughly owned Dave in some way so Dave removed it from the video I, I mean it's entirely believable yeah he yeah, he's, yeah. he's not actually, he's not, as as is the case with all of them, when it comes down to it, they're not actually interested in, like, having a discourse. These people want to just preach, for yeah. the most part. I'm not saying, again, hashtag not all, because some of them do actually want to do, like, deeper. One, one thing I will give to Sargon is that, you know, he took on was it the Mook guy. Um, um, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and he was shut down, but they still did the debate outside. He actually wanted to talk with someone with a different opinion and have a back and forth. That's fine. I've got no problem with that. But most of, most of the time, most of them just want to preach, to, but mostly preach to the converted as well. They're not even going to try and talk to the left and say, well, maybe can you see it from this other perspective? They just want to say, well, fuck you to these people. You're aggressives. You're SJWs. We're all fantastic. Yeah, but to steer the conversation back to the incel manosphere stuff as i was talking about the um the fat shaming theme another thing that i came across from your roosh v video is that roosh v weirdly did an appearance on dr oz's show and that's where he was called out for being the i don't know leading the international fat shaming campaign it's yeah, he, so- he literally he was self-appointed roosh v as the leader of the international fat shaming movement now that's that takes a special level of a narcissism and b utter patheticness. 
But and not just that, but he made Dr. Oz look like a, a proper like scientist chap because he actually brought out studies and said, "Look, fat shaming doesn't work. Even if we believe you and say that you know um, you're doing this for the interest because you you, uh, you you're interested in the health of these people, which they're not. That's just the line they use to try and justify it. But even if that's the case, um, these studies say, look, fat shaming doesn't work as a tactic to get people to to lose weight or to live more healthily. It doesn't work. Yeah. So he actually made Dr. Oz look like not a hack." Right, which, which was so power. shocking. Yeah, I'm like, Dr. Oz is sounding sensible. What? Wow. Uh, yeah, it was it was bizarre to see that. And, and the way that he talks about it, like he's worried, like, oh, every year, straight men like me would have less options to date a thin, beautiful girl. They're getting bigger and bigger. Like, it's like, again, he views them. He's not interested in dating either. That's, the, again, to bring it back yeah. to the point. He's not interested. He's got absolutely no concept of how healthy human relationships are supposed to work even not, not even just non-romantic ones as well um he's not interested in dating the he's way they view in, women this is another this is another problem with um that that's even arguably wider about um that that relates to incels and a lot of this stuff is that within these circles they don't have um they, they don't have like healthy interactions with each other because a lot of their interaction is anonymized they uh they sort of demonize just normal people. Yeah, you can. Yeah. Um, well, exactly. This this concept of the normie. It, it's when when it's done ironically. Okay, it's just a kind of in group out group nonsense, right? I, 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 I just I, I just sort of I, I just sort of um, I, I sometimes use the term normie to refer to just like people who don't understand this internet stuff. It's well, not yeah. A, yeah, that's yeah, it's not a negative fine. connotation. Well, exactly. Yeah, like I say, when it's used in that kind of. Well, it doesn't even have to be ironic. You can use it in a serious way, like you say, to differentiate between an in and out group. Right, and in, even in like, you know, in my, but, in my uni in, days, in, I was pretty heavily involved in the goth scene that was used for people that were like, you know, non-goth. So, oh, look, the normies. Yeah, exactly, yeah. But yeah, there was but no, like, hatred yeah. or well, desire thing, for violence. or. You can tell in Minician's thing, when he's, he mentions Chad's and Stacey's, it's a similar thing where they're basically made normal people into the enemy, mm-hmm. which is yeah. really bad because you can see that whenever, whenever any of these online manosphering groups, when they actually interact with normal society, you can kind of get the feeling that they don't quite know how to handle the scenario. Not they're not all like crazy fuckers who are going to go and you know ram a van into a group of people, yeah. pedestrians, whatever. But you never um, know who is going to well, exactly, act yeah. out that way, yeah. right? Well, Some things. They're all virtually every intel I've ever met has those kind of violent fantasies you've met incels well met in the online sense i've never in okay. the same way i've met you here today right 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 okay when i've interacted with incels um although i suppose i probably have met some incels but just anonymously so anyway um uh, interacted with them online they have these kind of violent fantasies and um weird conspiracies about the world and so trying to pick out the needle from the haystack of which one is going to do something like this, who's going to be the next Rogers, the next Minician, uh, is really tricky, and I don't know how you do it, but we do need to because that swamp, to mix my metaphors now, that swamp isn't getting, isn't going to go anywhere and more monsters are going to arise from it. Yeah, I mean, the ideology as a whole needs to be recognized as something very, very toxic. And I think, you know, David is a good person to... To speak to that from experience, uh, David, I read an article about you where you were quoted as, um, you know, saying that going out and dating is too risky. Girls it, could falsely accuse I, you of rape. 
Yeah, I, I have to. Um, I, I have to say that wasn't like what the quotes in in a lot of those articles aren't actually all me because the first article written was not just interviewing me. It was also interviewing a couple of other um, MGTOWs, um, some of whom were a little bit more radical than me. And I think and some of that got mixed in. And then in the second uh, the second article, which was uh, allegedly about me, the, right, the, the journalist actually took a lot of what I said out of context to try and make me look worse. Mm. Um, and I explained, I was trying to explain to him that there were a lot of like crazier MGTOWs out there. Um, and I was at this point already considering just keep just running in the opposite direction because the, the nutcases came out of the woodworks. So, um, uh, so he tried to make me out to be one of the crazies that I was just sort of like saying, okay, these kinds of people exist. I don't like them. Mm. Um, well, what I, what I will also say in David's defense, uh, although it is funny to look back and occasionally mock David for his yeah, yeah, in the past. Fun. Um, is that he was a young? I mean, this was like even pre-university days, wasn't it? Like he—he he was a child, basically. I—I um, I was. I, I just turned eighteen, like a few months before, yeah. and I just come to uni. Um, so, 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 yeah. so when you do, if you come across any articles like that or any videos of him back in the day, give him a bit of slack because um, he was uh, a, a stupid young child <laughs> or a stupid young man, and I, we've all I, been I, there. I, We've all I've been grown up quite, I've grown up quite a bit in the last couple of years. Well, I have to say, without without wanting to kiss your ass too much, it has been actually quite impressive and uh, some uh, fascinating to see your growth as a human being in the last three years, four years, whatever. Ah, I love you well, too. Remember, our, our first interaction wasn't quite so cordial, if you recall. That's true. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't. I think I think I made the video and titled it something like welcome introducing my pet gimp or something <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah well david so. you and i also haven't always got along online right but i do appreciate the fact that you have left this ideology behind and you're taking some time to grow and i think from what i've seen you've been pretty embraced by lefty twitter even when you still had mra in your profile which uh was sort of confusing for me but you know it was good to get to know you online and see how you're sort of opposing these things now and speaking out as an ex-person from that scene yeah and i think i have I, I, and i think like coming from from inside that scene i sort of understand where they're coming from a bit better and that um, and I think that helps to give some insight on why they think what they do and maybe best on how to convince them out of it. Yeah. So you did, though, say in those articles that you did not want a girlfriend or you did. That was not you who said that it. wasn't me. No, that wasn't um, you. It, it went from I didn't want to get married to I, I was sort of uh, uncomfortable with the um, with casual sex at uni to um, I, I didn't want to go out with women at all. So I didn't. Um, I, I didn't even talk to women, uh, and and just uh, like the 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 date of the article corresponded to how extreme it got because tabloids they don't uh, like most of them didn't even interview me. They oh, just wow. the last one I'd written and then made it even crazier. Wow. Um, the sun yeah, actually like a game of like yeah, a game of Chinese whispers, but with yes. newspapers, and it just gets worse and worse to the point where David Sherat, eighteen-year-old Hitler lover, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I, no, I think I think it, well, um, I think one of them did refer to me as uh, I was on a campaign against women. 
How about uh, the fact that you shifted flats or something because you found out your roommates were feminists? Is that true? Uh, no, uh, um, it what that wasn't the reason. Um, <laughs> didn't they? Didn't they attack you in your own house? Basically, uh, well, they, well, they didn't. They, they didn't attack me. Um, they found some anti. Uh, they they found my videos where I, um where I, I I'd said some like anti-feminist stuff, um, and they invited a bunch of other friends round, and then all sat in the lounge area. Um, invited me into the room and like basically did this intervention on me and then shouted <laughs> at me for like uh, an hour straight. So like, like you can imagine me like um, I- I'd been watching Sargon videos for a year. Universities are Marxist like uh, dystopian. Oh no! Like, uh, like they're 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 like out to, uh, that everyone's out to get you at a university, and then that happens to me in like the first two months. I love the idea of an anti-feminist intervention just coming in. David, no. Uh, your, your misogyny is getting too much. It's hurting you and the people around you. <laughs> so did that make you sort of dig your heels into the MRA scene more, it, that experience? It did. Um, I, I ended up sort of retaking the MGTOW label and doing the, um, and doing the interviews actually quite shortly after that. And I was still sort of in paranoid mode at the point. Yeah, that probably speaks to, and I think it probably comes from like a good place in a lot of cases, but unfortunately it's counterproductive. The heavy handedness of certain feminist tactics is really not helpful when you've got like this, when you get, when you get attacked, and when I say attack, obviously they didn't physically attack you, but when you get kind of personally attacked in that way, you're going to get defensive. And the more you push, the more defensive they're going to get. And you get into a kind of loop of, sort of unintentionally radicalizing people who yeah. might otherwise have been more, you know, amiable to to your viewpoints or your discussion or whatever. But on the positive side, once David started, I think, removing himself from that, he completely was welcomed by a bunch of lefties that I've seen. There's a few of them who are still, um, who still have me blocked for absolutely no reason, but... Um, well, people might not but have followed think, yeah. your journey. And also, I mean, I think you still have a lot of these alt-right type people that follow your Twitter, right? Because every time you've yeah, retweeted so. me, I've had some really awful, fashy people in my comments. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I, um, uh, or as David calls them, friends. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, I have a lot of hate followers. I have to admit. So when I did that thing with Richard Spencer, um, I picked up a lot of those people as well. So you might get the occasional one from from me as mm. well. But yeah, they're, they're there. That's the thing you can't really control who follows you so much. Yeah, I mean, I have to. Well, you can turn them off for sure. Like I have, I I keep pissing conservatives off all the time, and some do hate follow me for sure, but. Um, they they don't use me in the way that uh, some very right leaning ex Muslims are used as a shield for their horrible ideas. I so, ain't her, Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. There's way way more extreme than that out there. Yeah, but she just annoys me because she's really high profile about it. Yeah, anyway. yeah, but um, but yeah. So David, you never were of the girls are icky kind of cooties. Like I don't ever want to sleep with women kind of MGTOW. I'm just trying to understand. Oh no, no, no. by no means. I was uh, like, like, my, like my entire um thing with uh, like uh, during that entire thing with MGTOW, like 
but like the furthest I ever went was I'm not entirely sure about like casual sex because I, I legitimately like one sort of long term relationship yeah. and I, like there's I, I like with sex uh, there's quite a lot of trust involved and I'm just not sure about doing that with a stranger. That was yeah. as far as I ever went. <laughs> okay. Because the stuff I read online in these MGTOW forums were, was pretty shocking to me. So I guess you were oh, definitely one of the more yeah, uh, moderate. I got, some of the, I got some of the craziest messages after that. Um, stuff like, oh, MGTOW's a MGTOW. I know you've been saying uh, this stuff about how women aren't evil. Um, but, but like, you do really realize that women are evil, right? I was just like, I, I, I got so many of these messages. I ended up um, in just constant fights with MGTOWs. So did that um, turn you off as well? That turned me, that turned me off of the MGTOW community, was, yeah. was being embraced by them and realizing how absolutely insane they were. And then I, I ended up uh, picking a fight with pretty much every single MGTOW, like prominent MGTOW YouTube commenter. If we were to send this back in time... I don't know, 15 years, and you just said that prominent MGTOW YouTuber. Like, I don't know if people would know what the hell we're talking about, right? Like, it's like... <laughs> no, they well, you can You can end up having conversations like that on the internet, which if you went back a year, it wouldn't make sense. Like, when you talk about groypers and things like that. Yeah. That wouldn't have the, made any sense. Yeah, the, the groypers are spoke... Um, that, the Nazbold discords um, baited the groupers into spurking out at the trad thoughts and the old bug men are, are cooking for them. <laughs> right, uh, like, that exactly. barely made sense to me, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah, barely, yeah, it barely makes sense to people who, who are like plugged into this stuff. And yeah. I hate that I understand that. <laughs> yeah. Well, but, I love it when you get these politicians who talk about the internet as if they have any understanding of any of it. Yeah, it's funny. Who clearly, who clearly, like they they use their Twitter account once a year or something. That's about as close as they get to it. And they, they and they've got to make laws to fucking actually control this stuff. It's ridiculous. Well, even it's some journalists are pretty clueless. Some like mainstream journalists will write about Nazis for say the New York Times. Their coverage will be terrible and yeah, that's, ignorant. That's true. Um, uh, although there are quite a few um, decent journalists out there. No, yeah, there's definitely there's, some that are plugged in. And, up yeah, and they're, they're quite plugged into this stuff. And I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm very, um, I'm very optimistic about the future of that. But so the different shades, right? So MGTOWs, what I used to see was like women are disgusting, women are evil. The weirdest one, like I just, I had no conception that there are like straight men out there that think like this. There was one post from Reddit that I saw was like, vaginas are like disgusting, moist bacteria holes. And why would you want to even uh, stick yeah. your penis oh, in that? Yeah, that's enough. That, yeah, I've, I've heard uh, women described as... As, um, as the vagina being essentially um, uh, a, a disease hole that men should never go down and all that. Yeah, that's 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 quite a common MGTOW sort of talking point. In many yeah, because, I, I mean, I, I, I started, um, I did, like, watch some MGTOW content, like, a couple years before that, and it, it seems that the community entirely radicalized within that time um, because it, it started out as just this sort of like breakaway from the men's rights movement where they were sort of like, I, yeah, I just don't want to get married. Um, uh, the, like the divorce courts and stuff like that, it's a bit too extreme. So we're going to start this men going their own way and, um, we're just not going to get married on top of the, um, on top of the men's rights stuff. But then they, they just went insane. 
Yeah. And then the incel stuff, like, let me just quote some stuff from this uh, Village Voice article she saw on incel.me. She writes, there were things like female genocide now. Just the thought of women losing their privileges is delightful. Whenever a fucking whore is referred to as a sex worker, it really puts me in the mood to commit genocide. They need to be locked up in basements for rape and reproduction purposes. And then a deleted post over the weekend called for a female CBC journalist to be shot. The poster used Alec Manassian's face as his avatar and listed the address of CBC headquarters. This is this is now a few steps above that vaginas are bacteria hole stuff. This is now calling for genocide and murder. I don't think people realize how much hate there is in this in these people. Yeah, and. Um- uh, I, I think, like, the problem is that, um, to an extent, they have to, they, they egg each other on. Because they, uh, this is, the thing with the internet is you can find a bunch of people with the exact same problems as you. But that ends up not helping, because they're also a bunch of people who have failed to address the exact same problems as you. So you all just end up in this very um, unproductive circle jerk. Mm. And you uh, and it just radicalizes further. Mm-hmm. So, what do you recommend is a good path for reaching these types of young men? I mean, uh, I heard people say that Jordan Peterson is providing an alternate path for men, and I think that is so misguided. I think he's providing a path for this kind of shit to mainstreamize and seem more uh, respectable. I don't yeah, think I, he. I don't- yeah, I, I'm I'm unconvinced that he's actually um, straightening these people out in any sense. Uh, from what I can tell, the kinds of people he's pulling in are people who don't really need him anyway. Yeah. It, um, it's like the kinds of people who would need that that sort of self help stuff uh, are the kinds of people that won't read uh, won't read or, or come across Peterson. That's well, exactly. Problem. Yeah, it's well, they won't read him, uh, and they won't be attracted to his thing because of the traditionalism of his religiosity. They're yes. not going to. That, that's not going to chime well with them at all. I mean, these are people who can't even get laid, let alone think about marriage or raising kids or anything like that. So he's just not going to be a fundamentally attractive proposition to the very people who might need that kind of self improvement. Yeah, yeah, that's I, a very um, good point. Yeah, I, I think it's it's hard to really say how you would de-radicalize these people when you're talking about these very small fringe communities i don't think it's really going to to be something that you can do in the online space it's something that um it it, like if you met a person like this in person you would have to help them from that perspective yeah well it comes back i think to a point i made earlier or touched upon earlier is uh, we need vastly more money to be spent and energy to be put into mental health and for men and women, mm-hmm. but it would, yeah. in, in the case of young men, it's notice it, when when family members notice these things. Like with the if people get sucked into the kind of defooing bullshit cult of Stefan Molyneux, or into, can you explain um, what defooing is? Oh, so defooing is a a, a foo is family of origin, mm-hmm. and uh, his concept of defooing is to uh, escape. In theory, it's to escape like abusive relationships and stuff. But actually, what it is is hiving you off from your support network in the traditional cultish way. Yeah, that very cult cultish. Do that. And, uh, and to become a kind of Stefan Molyneux cultist and to 
buy into his whole shtick and essentially give him money. That's yeah. how he, a lot of what he does or did. He's moved more into a kind of alt-right space now, but that's certainly the way he I, goes. I, I do like, I, I did like your, um, your um, description of Stefan Molyneux, which was the leader of the world's shittest cult. <laughs> yeah, it is. I mean, he really is, because at least a normal cult will say, like, oh, we're going to give you eternal life on planet Xenu. Like, okay, if I'm going to believe some shit, that sounds all right. But his is just, uh, you're going to be lonely. That's that's <laughs> literally all he's offering you is loneliness and a lack of support network. Oh, thanks, Steph. Yeah, but people buy it because he's, I don't know, charismatic to a certain number of people or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, but, uh, back to my the point about mental health is when family members notice that change begin to happen, they don't actually have anywhere to go with that, especially in places like America where or your healthcare isn't yeah. public at all. So you've got no option for them to go to if you're not a very rich family, which obviously not many are. Um, yeah, and so and, and you, have potential, you have potential sort of stopping points, uh, uh, turning points for these people potentially, that even if people wanted to take them, the option to actually take them isn't there. And that's really dangerous because I'm sure at some point if Ministian had been grabbed or if uh, Rogers had been grabbed earlier and taken to actual proper mental health care and, and potentially medication if necessary, or even institutionalization in some cases, um, th- th- these things can be stopped. You're never mm-hmm. going to stop all of them, but you can certainly make a big fucking dent in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think mental health is something that's often neglected, but there's got to be something else that can be like, I don't know, f- red flags for online behavior that people can notice and, uh, I pay attention to well, yeah yeah i well i think um in terms of say policing as well and and uh, anti-terrorism work because i think you have to start thinking about these things in terms of the being terrorist because right. you have uh, mass shootings and people driving vans into into pedestrians and uh, these self uh, these sort of echo chambers these self uh, inflating these self extremizing or whatever uh, communities online it's no different than a, than a jihadist cult, mm-hmm. other than the fact that they don't necessarily believe in a, a single god or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but it has the same impact. It has the same sort of process it, and all it, the rest it, of it. It murders people. And, That's, yeah. yeah. Well, exactly. Yeah, exactly. The, yes, end. People the end. The end of it is exactly the same, yeah. Right. Um, and so you have to start thinking about it in that sense, in the same way that the police try and monitor jihadist networks or like uh, other sort of nationalist separatist movements or whatever. Uh, you need to start the the police and the secret, you know, intelligence people and all the rest of it have to actually start looking into these groups. And like you say, there needs to be a system of red flags in place whereby you can start spotting who is going down that much more extreme route and who looks like they could be uh, worth keeping an eye on. Let's say. Yeah. And I think that the other thing is that the kinds of people who act as gateway drugs or um or or. What was the other? Um, what was the the thing Richard Spencer said about Sargon and Southern? Um, um, oh, uh, entry points. Entry, entry points. points. Yeah, yeah. The gateway drugs and ent- entry points. I think it's very much worth like one of the things you probably could do online. It, uh, like if you're listening to this right now and you want to uh, like potentially have an effect, is to find those kinds of people who are acting as entry points, who are acting as. Um, as sort of the kinds of people who end up leading people in this direction and calling them out for it. Yeah, it's um, not easy, but like, you should do it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the thing is, with um, with a lot of these um, 
extremist movements, especially when you get into sort of uh, far right stuff, it's very identity based and it's very authoritarian. So they're, um, they're, they're, they center around leaders. Mm-hmm. They, they, they yeah. center, uh, they very often center around leaders and, um, and figureheads. So taking those out or, or at least like uh, antagonizing them it effectively does help to, um, to sort of lessen the effect, to stem the bleeding, if you may. Mm-hmm. That's the only thing I can really think of that might in some way be productive. I mean, it's um, an, uh, intimidating yeah, also to call out these big figures because you often get dogpiled. Oh, yeah. And I, their I, I, followers I, I, are like cultists, right? You can't criticize their favorite leaders at all. Yeah, that's true. So there is, there is, proceed there with caution on of, that, but uh, an almost well deification or sort of beatification yes. from 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 some of these people towards their stars. Jordan Peterson is the most extreme Oof, example I've seen yes. so far of that. Where literally any any mild criticism of him is like, oh no, you've taken him out of context. Quoting his to, own words is taking him out of context. Yeah, it's, exactly. bizarre. It's, it's, it's bizarre. It's bizarre. It's and most people underestimate how dangerous he is, I think. But yeah, before we wrap up, Kevin, I never got to ask you how you got into this. Uh, how like, did you get so deeply involved and why? Um, well, it comes from the fact that um, the thing that David mentioned earlier, the kind of schism, if you will, of, of online atheism, where I, I'd have never even bothered starting making YouTube videos if it weren't for the fact that the people I'd watched for a long time and and seen them, you know, make very good takedowns of of, of religious fundamentalists and and woo peddlers and all this sort of mm-hmm. stuff. If they hadn't moved, lurched hideously to the mm-hmm. right, I'd have just never bothered because it wouldn't have been a problem for me. Yep. It was only when I saw that community uh, and I, I made a prediction that they would end up be allying with the very people they'd once um, opposed. And with Jordan Peterson, you've seen that in, in its full fruition. Um, and this is just my attempt to essentially fight back against it, you know. And so, whether it be the misogyny inherent with the anti-feminism, or with you know the kind of hideous xenophobia and Islamophobia toward mm-hmm. uh, any number of different nationalities and religious groups, the move to the alt-right that has to be opposed. Because if there's no, I mean, I don't, I don't think that the atheist community is inherently worth anything in of itself other than the fact that it was an entertaining space where science and reason and actual mm-hmm. rationality were a thing that was of worth um, and of value. And now that's metastasized into this just grotesque yeah. monster. And we've got to remember that this is having an effect in the real world. That yeah. The YouTubers, that we, um, the, the YouTubers and, and figures that we do interact with and talk about are, are having significant real-world effects. Well, yeah. Well, so. well, I mean... Yeah, they've all had their own little flirtations with Alex Jones. And the man who is now the president of the United States was interviewed on Alex Jones's channel and said, I think you'll be happy with my work. Yeah. I that's mean, not, that's not an insignificant oy. piece of internet nonsense anymore. That's a really dangerous thing. Yeah. It just shocks me to know that both of you came into this uh, manosphere stuff from the atheist. Uh, well, yeah, from opposite sides. Absolutely, but from the atheist, um, anti-feminist thing. And I've been saying for ages uh, that the atheist scene is a weird, like, microcosm of a bunch of different sorts of bigotries that makes us 
within the skeptosphere aware of this stuff a lot faster than the mainstream. Yeah, well, absolutely. But it's so odd to me that the internet atheist scene has gone this way because of the atheists I've met in real life, they've all been really nice people. And progressive, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. online, online, they're just... They're awful. I mean, they really are. If if someone asks me for like uh, recommendations as towards atheism and stuff, the last place I would send them would be YouTube atheism. Okay. Because I can't think of a better sending them toward religion than that. To yeah. be they're awful. <laughs> but YouTube atheism has sort of bled into other online atheism. It's not just YouTube atheism that's toxic anymore. There's other atheist podcasters that defend yeah. Sargon. Majid Nawaz, for fuck's oh. sake, went on uh sargon's show to promote his terrible hypocritical lawsuit against the splc yeah exactly yeah well and you've seen it with all these these fucking reactionary dickheads as well and you know the uh mythicist norwalkie becoming you know shitlord khan and um sam harris having fucking the bell jar on his show like this the bell curve guy yeah um yeah he there's all sorts of like so bleeding out from it's not just like the youtube atheism scene or anything yeah this has become this has infected the real world atheism yeah right where, this is you know you, like like i don't even think there really is a youtube atheism scene anymore it's just no, no reactionary yeah. scene yeah yeah so at, while i was watching your manosphere videos the older ones i noticed um you know that you made some jokes involving rape and i remember asking you about this online earlier so do you think your thoughts around using rape as a joke have evolved? Oh yeah, enormously actually. Um, I, yeah, like I said, there were, especially one right at the end of the very first episode, the Rouge V episode, yeah. where I, I said, "I hope he gets raped." Now, yeah, I, I was very uncomfortable that with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I would never say that now. I'm not going to take that video down. I'm not going to deny that it happened. I'm mm-hmm. not one of those people. Yeah. Um, uh, so it's there, it's there in perpetuity. Um, I, I mean, I'm, I, I've, I'm I've, comfortable with it. So yeah, go on, I, David. I, I mean, I, I've I've actually taken the opposite tactic to that. Is that stuff I don't think represents me anymore? I have taken down. Mm-hmm. So um, because I don't want people to get a um, a, a um, an image of me that that does just doesn't represent me anymore. But mm-hmm. at the same time, if if what I was saying was misleading and led uh, and, and um, was was me from a position where I don't think I was um, entirely um, it, like uh, I don't think I was entirely in the right place, then I don't uh, like I, t- to an extent. I think it's it's kind of like taking down a post that I think is is false if I did it five minutes ago. Mm-hmm. If I was fa- if I fact checked something and it actually wasn't true, um, I don't care if I posted it a year ago or mm-hmm. um, or, or five minutes ago. Okay, the well, thing. the but, one thing I would say, I, no, I, I I don't have any issue with your yeah. um, with but, your um, way, Kev. I, I was just saying. No, that I just, no, no, absolutely. I mean, I'm not I'm not I'm not going to attack or get defensive at all. There, um, I would just say that there's a, I think there's a difference between something that's factually wrong and something oh, yes. that I said in a way that was. Yeah. Oh, something that I said in a moment of sort of anger or haste or something that um, I later thought, well, I wish I hadn't said that. I'm not going to deny that I said it. Yeah, if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, yeah, I'm not going to. I'm not going to erase that from history. Um, like, but my my thinking has evolved. It's evolved in in two main ways. Firstly, I would never have said that now, um, and 
I went through a phase where I didn't think that you could ever really even mention it in any kind of jocular way, mm-hmm. um, sort of orthodox feminist approach mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was upon listening to different people um, who had been victims of rape and sexual assault, for whom rape, uh, hearing jokes about rape and hearing rape mentioned in a humorous way, not in like taking the piss out of people who've been victims, but you know, essentially punching, um, punching up at the you know the, the the horrific people who do this and at the culture of it and stuff, demystified that experience for them mm-hmm. and took away some of the harsh loneliness of it to mm-hmm. hear other people talk about it in this way. Mm-hmm. And actually help them deal with their experiences. So actually, I've come to a, a far more nuanced view, which is something that I've, I've gained more and more as I've grown up and uh, evolved and, and grown as a person and, uh, yeah, and the rest I, of it. That you find that it's you can't have these sort of catch-all things of oh, you can't ever do this or you must always do this or whatever. Life is a really complicated and mm-hmm. messy process, and different people need different ways mm-hmm. of dealing with that. And so there are some people who do comedy about rape that I think are helpful to some victims. Mm-hmm. Uh, and But for some people, they just have to avoid all of that mm-hmm. because they don't ever want to think about it again. Mm-hmm. And so I just say, I steer clear of it because I don't think I necessarily have the experience to tackle the issue in a comedic mm-hmm. way anymore. But I'm not going to attack other people who do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, this is, this is really the thing um, that I find with a lot of um, humour that gets into edginess is the, um, like... I see quite a lot of people on left Twitter. Um, they'll they'll fat shame Nazis, or they'll um, they'll they'll sh- they'll shame them for their appearance, or uh, or stuff like that. And I think um, like as far as I'm concerned, like I'm uh, and I know this isn't rape. I think we should we should leave that out specifically. Mm. But it's more um, it's more just general like insults that would be considered uh, not progressive. And I think to an extent, it does it does somewhat if you. If you're doing it from the perspective of this person is a hypocrite because they they would use these jokes and um, uh, it, it sort of takes away the power of those kinds of um, of those yeah. kinds of personal attacks. It's sort of like when you have an alt writer who now has to say, well, yeah, okay, I'm mixed race, but what's wrong with that? That takes away a lot of the. They, they have to now start like criticizing racism unintentionally and i think to an extent it's it's worthwhile when you do stuff like that because um it 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 throws a wrench in the works of what um of like the power that they get from um from shaming and a lot of the uh like the attitudes behind it well i i have to say um when it comes to like body shaming and stuff i'm generally against it but i what i do and i've done it in my series many times and i will continue to do it is if someone has gone out of their way to shame, yeah, then I feel like I feel like it's perfectly justified yeah, to throw yeah, 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 yes. them. Yeah. So like there was a guy who talked about a- not um, sleeping with Indian women because they're hideous and ugly or something, but he's like Oh yeah, not- Matt Forney. Matt yeah, yeah, he's yeah. not very he attractive looks- himself yeah, he, at he all. Looks, he looks like um, he's got this weirdly shaped skull. Um, <laughs> well he's, he looks he looks like a weird version of the type of marshmallow man. So 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 there you go. Like I think that uh, I I would absolutely never go into shaming someone's looks or something like that because it's something that they can't help unless their thing is to shame people for their oh, looks. Yeah, the perfect the perfect example from my series is War Corps six six six, who's now called the Lord of the Patriarchy because his channel got shut down and he restarted. So he's now called the Lord of the Patriarchy. He's wow. a very strange individual. And I described him, and I think rather accurately, as looking like the runt of Jabba the Hutt's litter. 
He really is a, a very <laughs> odd. He looks like a kind of weird walrus human hybrid. And yet he'll sit there and talk about women who are, I mean, almost objectively beautiful and nitpick them about some small aspect of them and call women fat, ugly dykes. And just, I mean, he's Jesus. a really awful, nasty bastard at yeah. times. Um, and so I felt it absolutely necessary to rip the fuck into him because I thought, actually, do you own a mirror? Do you know what you look like? I'm sorry. Like, it, it shouldn't come down to that. Yeah. But unfortunately, if you're going to be yeah. that. But, and he, oh God, he's a really odd chap. The strangest piece of Manasvirio nonsense I've ever seen. He did a video where he was defending a company against a homophobic attack in which he described all lesbians. Also, he said, most. it's not my fault that most lesbians are fat, hairy dykes that no man would want to fuck. Now, in a video where you're defending someone against a homophobic attack and you say that you're line, a homophobe. I mean, that is a level of yeah. stupidity I just I can't imagine. How yeah, you've just fucking, proven that... How has he not ended up killing himself while trying to tie his shoelaces or something? It's just so dense. God almighty. Have you heard the people that say not to kink shame Trump for, like, I don't know, piss play? Now fuck him. He's, <laughs> he's 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 made a living out of right, out right, of, exactly. Out of, out of the Miss World and stuff, and of of calling the same women that you're you're, you're not you're a six out of ten, or yeah. I bet you look good on your knees, and all this. He's just a nasty rapist piece of shit. So frankly, the the fucking orange pish fetishist fucking dickhead with his tiny little cock and he has there's no way he doesn't have an absolute pecker of a thing going on there right i'm gonna rip into him at every opportunity every yeah, opportunity and, and i think i i think this is one of the things where um like you said kev um life is a bit more um uh complicated and messy than um uh, than than like straight up uh hard principles are are gonna are gonna work with and sometimes you just gotta pick your battles yeah. yeah, it's difficult to have one size fits all approaches to anything because yeah. life yeah. life is complicated and people are so different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, well, guys, thank you both so much for joining me and discussing this depressing topic and uh, informing people about the different groups and all kinds of degrees of awfulness that exist in the manosphere. And hopefully we can find some way to figure out when people are going too far because the internet causes so many different little groups to self-radicalize and that just terrifies me. Well, well, thank you for having us on. Although I can't help but feel that because you had uh, ContraPoints and H-Bomber guy last time that this is a very significant step down. You're, no. You're, you're yes. today, let's be honest. Hey, I don't, I don't rank my guests. I think everyone's interesting. Well, you, Everyone well, that I sure. invite on. Well, you should, because frankly, you need to up your game. Because if, if you're only dragging in the logs of me and Sharat, you, oh, you can do better. Well, who, do better. who else was I going to get for incel talk? Tell me tell me who the stars are. Yeah, let's, fa- let's face it. We, we, we're the only people who would come here. <laughs> yeah, the, the only people sad enough to actually know what, what these incel things are. Although I'm glad I learned what roasty is, because that's... That's enriched my life. Thanks. Yeah, I'm glad I taught you guys something. Wow. God. All right, well, take care, guys. Yeah, you take Thanks for listening to another episode of Polite Conversations. You can support this podcast by sharing the shit out of it, making some noise about it, or contributing via Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash nice mangoes. No Ian mangoes. 
Also, you can follow me on Twitter at NiceMangoes. If you want to make a one-time donation instead of a monthly Patreon one, you can do so via PayPal, nicemangoes.blog at gmail.com. Remember, no E in mangoes. If you've got an interesting story and would potentially like to be a guest, you can email me there too. A special thanks to Dylan Beck for theme music, sound, and production help. Thank you.